In today's episode, we're going to talk about a product category that a lot of resellers overlook and some of them even disrespect. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. If this is your first time here, thanks for stopping by. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel is all about the flip life. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a product category that is near and dear to my heart as a former record store owner and one-time massive collector of CDs media. Uh, I am very happy to be joined today by someone who also specializes in media. Please welcome uh, Brandon, the media picker. Hi, Ryan. Appreciate being here. I appreciate you coming on, taking time out of uh, what sounds like a very busy life you've got over there. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. So I'm going to pull you up on the main screen first and just give a quick introduction of yourself, kind of what you do and where people can find you online. And okay. we'll go from there. Um, hi, everybody. I'm the Media Picker. Uh, my name is uh, Brandon McFall. I'm in the Chicago suburb area is where I'm located at. Um, I can be found on um, eBay, uh, Media underscore Picker. I can be found on uh, Macari as the Media Picker. Uh, Instagram as the Media Picker, which is all one word. Uh, Facebook uh, business page also as the media picker and uh, eventually a YouTube channel, which I do have just no video content on yet. Also titled as the media picker. Awesome. Very consistent. You've got all the, you were able to get the name the same everywhere. When I first started on eBay, man, it was 2000. I had my record store galaxy CDs, which is where all the name of all this stuff comes from. And I tried to get that name on ebay and it was already taken (laughs) i was like who in the world else would have like galaxy cds so that's how galaxy cds rocks became my ebay screen name and then the rest is history so so you're (laughs) you're a you're a part-time reseller full-time what's what's your full-time gig if you don't mind my asking um i work for a company that's actually completely remote um the company is based out of Michigan. I work in Illinois, and the stuff I work on is in Georgia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I basically I, I appeal uh, um, hospital claims for various hospitals in Georgia and try and get and help them appeals and so on and so forth and, and get payment. I, I work about 50 hours a week doing that Wow, from my home, which is nice. Right. So how do you find time with a 50-hour? I mean, obviously, it's nice that you're at home. You don't have the commute time, but working 50-odd hours a week, how do you find time to do the Instagram, the reselling, the sourcing, all of that stuff. How do you manage your time? I, it's it's kind of difficult. It's um, Luckily, I get off about 3.30, so I actually have some time throughout the day. Um, I, I basically, if I got to make a quick trip to the post office, I may stop off at the thrift store and pop in real quick and see what they got there. Um, there are a few in the area. Um, otherwise, I mean, a lot of times I'm sitting here in the back room anyway, and I'm, I'm – watching YouTube half the time, watching your channel, watching a bunch of other people's channels. And um, I just end up, uh, I'm like, well, I might as well just start being productive and actually make some money while I'm doing it. So, <laughs> Right, right. So the, the, the CD sales thing, obviously anybody that's watching on YouTube can see the background there, the thousands of CDs that are behind you. Was this, you kind of came to this because it was a passion of yours 
to begin with. It's a passion. Yes. Uh, tell us, uh, tell me a little bit about that. How, how'd you get into collecting CDs and how many do you have? And I've been collecting since the late nineties. Um, I, I just started buying, um, did you have, was there a particular album that came out that got you moving into CDs? I can remember, I, I was always a big music junkie and records and cassettes, but I was, I was not ready to jump on to the CD thing. And they released the first four Beatles albums on CD in, gosh, I don't even know, would have been, I guess, the mid-80s, maybe late-80s. And that's okay. what started me into CD collecting. Was there a particular album for you that was like, oh, I got to have that on CD? No, not really. Um, I want to say one of the first CDs I ever got was, I think it was like No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. Yeah. That's one of the, one right. of the first ones I got. I, I, I think I bought it used even. Yep. <laughs> but... Um, I, I, I have probably about 4,000 CDs behind me. And there's about 9,000 that aren't even cataloged yet. Um, I listen to all genres. It's yeah. blues. Anything from, I listen to anything from like blues to death metal. It depends what kind of mood I'm in. Right. That was, <laughs> and I'm kind of the same way. There's very few types of music that I won't listen to, which is one of the reasons I opened a record store. And that was, I've, I think I've talked about it on this channel before, but that was one of the hard things for me trying to find a kid to work in the store was somebody that was open-minded enough and listened to enough different kinds of music to actually be able to work in the store. Cause most of them would be like, ah, country sucks or rap sucks or metal sucks. Or, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, yeah. you can't work for me if you don't, if you're not able to talk to those people as well. So uh, it's nice to find someone else that is <laughs> very broad in, in what they like. So how did you go about turning your passion for CDs into a side hustle. Um, I I started in, I started in the beginning of 2020, um, with pandemic. I didn't. That was even right before the pandemic even was officially a pandemic, and uh, I ended up. Um, I just I just started buying. I kept buying stuff at Goodwill, and I was only before I was only looking for stuff for my collection, and then it's all of a sudden like an epiphany happened. A light bulb went off, and I'm like. Wait, there's other stuff here that's worth money, right? Was um, there was there something the did, that triggered that? Did you see something like my experience was? I I saw I went down a YouTube rabbit hole and saw people doing this gig. I was like, yeah, hey, you know, I I could probably do that. Was, was there something like that for you, or did you just kind of come to that on your own? I, I don't I, honestly, I don't even know how it even came about. All of a sudden, I just started watching like reselling channels on YouTube of just various people just selling random stuff, and it wasn't even necessarily music or CD related. Right. And but what 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 caught my attention was there was a CD at Goodwill, and it was uh, Linda Ronstadt's "The Pirate of Penzance" soundtrack. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, I know who she is. And I just happened to scan. I was looking through some other stuff, and I'm like this thing sells for like 30 bucks. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. It's only costing me a dollar. <laughs> yep. Let me pick this up. <laughs> Had you been on eBay as a buyer previously, or was that kind of the first time you even ventured down that path? I've reselled off and on throughout the years. Okay. Nothing to this level. Um, I've been on for over 20 years, 22, 23 years, mostly as a buyer, sometimes as a reseller, just, you know, selling a few things here and there, which, Obviously, now with the IRS, you really can't do that so much anymore. Right. They're cracking down. If, I've got several episodes uh, on the podcast about the, the 1099 and how the IRS is cracking down. So go back and check one of those if you don't know what we're talking about. 
Well, you saw they're they're hiring 87,000 agents too, right? Right. Well, and hopefully some of that is to fix the backlog because I understand there's tens of thousands of people who have not gotten their refunds from last year yet. So, yeah, they have got all kinds of issues there beyond picking on us. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's hope that's the the plan. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you and I have nothing to worry about. We file our taxes, so. Right. (laughs) Yep. Claim every expense you can and and just bite the bullet. Yeah. How do you keep track? You've got obviously thousands of pieces in inventory. What 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 is your level of inventory of sellable? What you consider to be your business stock versus what you own personally? Um, I probably have. I'm surrounded. It's on camera, so <laughs> I I probably have more business stock back here than I actually would be in my collection. There's right. Probably five thousand pieces back here and a lot of it obviously at this point because i'm only part-time is not listed on ebay <laughs> that was my next question what's how much is available on ebay um well up until i had a few sales before we came on um i was over 800 yeah i'm at 799 or 98 right now approximately at this point so <laughs> and that's I'm, I'm trying to push yeah that's one of the nice things about cds i was thinking about that when i was thinking about this particular episode and one of the reasons i like cds is because they're fairly easy to list it's yeah you know i still look up titles and artists i don't i don't trust the barcode scan because there's too many people who don't put that information in but it's a picture of the front a picture of the back picture of the side maybe the picture of the thing opened up boom you're done if the disc has got a few scratches on it maybe you put a comment in the description but that's it where with books which is where i tend to specialize if I could take 20 pictures and not have to pay extra, I would probably take that many pictures because there's so much to show someone. And then, you know, are the pages tanned? Is there any writing? Is there this? Is there that? Is there a third? It's a really lot more cumbersome process. When I did that big 8,000 CD lot buy in a month, I was essentially through all of my knew which ones were worth selling and which ones were not. What kind of experience have you had with how do you buy? Are you, one off here and there at the thrift stores or do you buy bulk or what's kind of your process? Do a little bit of everything. Um, I'll hit some local garage sales occasionally. I don't go to a lot of them unless I am actually seeing like in the pictures on Facebook advertised that they actually show some DVDs or CDs in the photos. Cause otherwise I'm probably wasting my time going through all these garage sales for towns and not a ton of people will actually put this stuff out there. Um, I've not had particularly good luck luck with CDs at garage sales. DVDs, I can usually find tubs full, but CDs are, man, they're tough for me, at least in this area at garage sales. Same, same for me also. It's, it's mainly DVDs I see at garage sales. And even then I'll try and see if I can just buy a bulk lot and just see if I can get them dirt cheap. Um, Now, will you do that? If you're at a garage sale and say there's a box of CDs and they're asking whatever, a dollar a piece, do you say, hey, what would you take $5 for the whole box? Or I mean, do you do that kind of trying people on just to see what you can get away with? Yeah, I've done that before. Um, there was a town-wide sale probably about 20 miles from me, and uh, there was a whole tub of CDs. And I'm, I'm uh, on the ground just kind of skimming through them, and it's all, like, it's all heavy metal. Nice. And I'm like, okay, this sells. And she, I think they have, like, a dollar a piece or 50 cents. And... I asked her, I said, I said, I said, I'm interested in some of your CDs here. I go, how much for the entire tub? And there's probably 150 CDs in there. And she goes, five bucks. 
Right. <laughs> I couldn't get it out fast enough. She goes, right. she goes, she goes, if they didn't sell, we were just going to take them to the Goodwill anyway. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they were selling for a buck a piece at least. Now it's two dollars a mic go where they doubled the price. Yeah. It, it's amazing how often you can do that if you'll just ask the question. And I, I often wonder how many, especially new sellers, are afraid to, you know, to do that kind of thing, uh, right. to make what seems like a ridiculous offer. Because most of the time, those people are just trying to get rid of that stuff. If you don't, if somebody doesn't haul it away, they're going to have to haul it away. It's the same thing yep. for me at estate sales. I'll make a ridiculous offer. I'll take all the rest of this stuff for 50 bucks and they're like, load it up, get it out of here. You know, <laughs> it's such a, we, we talked about it offline. It's such a great way to source because you, you almost invariably get some really great stuff in there and you got a few, you got a junk out or whatever, but by and large, right. man, you just, as they say, with a lot of things, you make your money on the buy, not on the sell. And that's certainly true with bulk buys. Yeah, just last week, um, I did a, I did a Facebook buy and literally it was like a mile down the road, and I paid fifteen bucks for one hundred and seventy five cassettes. Now, they're they're really great condition. I haven't had a chance to really go through the whole thing. And, and granted, it's it's like modern country, so it's not gonna go for as much. But there, right. I mean, there's some there's some William Jennings and stuff like that, and they're in Hank Williams here. I'm like, I, I know those was so I'll make my money back on those alone. Right. No problem. Are there particular genres that you find that do in, in music in particular very well? I know you mentioned heavy metal cells, but what are there particular ones that you have had really good success with? Um, definitely heavy metal, obviously, because um, you're talking stuff that's going to be um, less print runs necessary, especially when you get towards the darker side of the metal. Um, then you're looking at, there's definitely some soundtracks. I mean, a lot of soundtracks aren't worth anything, but there's definitely some value in some of those soundtracks. That's the only place where you can find that particular song by that artist sometimes. Right. Yeah. If, it, if it's an album, a, a soundtrack where they did an exclusive track for something yep. that is not on their regular albums, those can be golden. Classic rock has, has a lot of good stuff. I mean, like Led Zeppelin, Queen and all that stuff, even though it's common, that stuff still sells and you, you can find some of the early releases that actually hold some value too. And then, um, um, I would say also hip hop. There's a lot right. of old school hip hop cities. If you come across some of those ones from like the eighties, yeah, late eighties, early nineties, some of those rare ones that are like just so obscure, they can go for obscene amounts of money. Yeah. I've had a couple of, of really strong, like old school indie hip hop releases that yep. just, like you mentioned, the scarcity, you know, limited press runs of them and hard to find and nobody's, nobody's got them. You get the only one and <laughs> you can really make some bank. Well, and that's kind of the name of the game in this because you're actually looking for stuff that's not common. You're actually more right. looking for stuff in, in this genre that you've never seen. Like I know music pretty well and uh, across the board. And if it's something I don't know, I'm scanning it to see if it's worth anything because right. if I haven't seen it before or, or heard of the band or group, I'm checking it out because it may surprise me. Yep. And I've, I've said that numerous times in previous episodes and it's, it's almost counterintuitive, but if you don't know what it is, it's likely to have more value than something that was really popular. I think I relayed this story yep. once, but I'll tell it again. Cause I'm in a storytelling mood. When I had my record store, I had a guy that brought in a copy of Michael Jackson's thriller on vinyl and he wanted to sell it to me. And I was like, man, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm not really interested, but thanks. He's like, what do you mean? You're not interested. This is the best selling album of all time. And I'm like, exactly. Everybody's already got it. It's essentially worthless to me. Yep. Bring me some obscure punk rock record 
from the late 70s or the early 80s. Now we're talking. <laughs> or the Beatles with the butcher babies on it. Right. Yes. Bring me that. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, there was a time where um, right after 9-11, uh, Jimmy Eat World had just put out an album called Bleed American. And there was a limited number of them that got out to the stores prior to 9-11. And then they changed it to just a self-titled album. They redid the artwork and the whole nine. So for a while, those original pressings were worth quite a bit more money than the what ended up being the more common version of that album. So anything like walk. that. I may have one. Yeah. I don't know. If, I, haven't, I haven't stumbled on one in a while. I don't know if they're still worth anything or not, but I just remember when that happened. That was pretty wild. Yeah, I may have to look now. And obviously, and there's kind of a downside to some of the reselling also in one aspect because like, for example, Livy Newton-John just passed away. Right. So now you're going to see the market just flooded with her stuff over the next couple of weeks just to try and make a quick buck off yep. her, which it, it depends on your moral compass as far as how you go is with that. But it's just like, well, I mean, I get it, but. I've, I've always made the joke that it? death is a good career move because anytime an artist dies, even when I had my record store, the catalog just went insane. So. Right. Well, yeah, when Michael Jackson passed away, look how much he, he sold more when he passed than, than when he was alive, pretty much. Yeah. At least as much. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. Are there any particular genres that you try to stay away from that you just know on instinct are not going to be worth any money? Obviously, we talked about, you know, the the more common, the more popular it is. Maybe you don't want it. But are there are there particular genres? Um, definitely kind of like holiday type music, obviously. I mean, Christmas CDs, there's, there's a few. I, I I actually sold the most obscure one last year for eighty bucks. Yeah, it was like X-rated Christmas or something like right, that. Right, right. So, <laughs> there's a few. Um, classical music is a hit and miss. Obviously, yeah. um, it depends on it depends on the type of release. Actually, I've been looking at people buying lots of classical. I'm trying to why why are they buying this? Is it because of the brand? Is it because of the label? Sometimes it is because of the label. They just buy a whole set of the same label, right. of, of Various composers and and so forth. Um, jazz. I mean, there's some jazz that's pretty good. I mean, I've got, I don't have a ton of jazz. I've got a little jazz that I, that I sell. I come across here and there and um, some crossover stuff like George Benson, who's kind of like jazz and right. R&B kind of, kind of type. But I mean, those are the genres I, I don't look at too much. I mean, and then you've got your your cookie cutter pop music and all that, just because there's been millions of those even sold out. But there are still some deluxe editions you have to kind of look out for, sure. even with Taylor Swift and like Selena Gomez and stuff like that. So you have to kind of keep your eyes still peeled and kind of glance at that to see if it's one of the limited releases because it might hold a little more value. Right now, do you do a lot of DVDs, Blu-rays, or do you focus really on just the CDs and music? I do. I I do a lot of DVDs also. Um, not sure what the ratio is as far as DVDs. I've got at least probably 100 DVDs up for sale also and some Blu-rays mixed in. I have a handful of video games if I can find them cheap enough. Um, occasional book or two. If I'm, I'd like to get in that genre a little bit more. I just want the space. Right. <laughs> yep. It's all it's all about storage because I I'd love to do vinyl, but one I can't find it cheap enough around here. And, and if it is cheap enough, it's in horrible it's condition that not even buy it or yep. it's. Or it's, you know, Andy Williams and all this other stuff that isn't going to be worth anything anyway. So I can't I can't ship you this whole box of Ray Conniff singers 
albums that um, I've got. <laughs> no, I, I think we're okay on that. No, ah, I, think, I think we're good. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, and I I think everybody's having the same experience right now with records, unless you stumble onto an estate sale or a garage sale where somebody has no clue what they've got. Right. Records have really gotten expensive, and even even the ones that are in bad condition are people are asking crazy money for them. The Michael Jackson thriller guy, notwithstanding. So. <laughs> yeah, he wants to sell two for like 50 bucks. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so eBay, Mercari, any other, have you have thought about other sites, Amazon or any of the others? Amazon, I don't think I can probably get in because I'm going to be gated, I believe. I, they did. See, that was one thing I went through because I used to sell on Amazon back in the day when I had my record store. Um and I let that account lapse, and then I just, you know, maybe I should look into that. And CDs are actually a gated category now, which is crazy yeah, to me. And I think even sometimes, some people, I think, have been active sellers, and they just push them out anyway on top of it all. So, I mean, I really can't – I mean, there's a, I've, I've seen videos where they're like, yeah, there's ways you can get ungated, you know, but you, I, you have to go through a bunch of hoops and, right. you know, actually have, like, showing, like, contracts and stuff that you're – you know, with vendors and stuff that you're buying new product first, I guess. And right. And sending all those invoices to Amazon, so on and so forth. And I'm like, it's not worth the hassle. <laughs> no, no. And not to sell used CDs. I, I just don't understand where that disconnect came from. If you're an Amazon seller and you know why they went to that model and they gated CDs and <laughs> uh, let us know down in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube, cause that to me just was crazy. Cause I had, like I said, I had that huge buy I'm like you, I had thousands of CDs. Right. Why not put them on Amazon? I got in there and I'm, you know, you go through all the stuff and then you try to enter the category and it says, oh, you can't sell in this category without whatever. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm even, I have a friend who has a business. Um, he makes a handmade rosaries on Etsy. I've gone on there and look, I, I see people even selling CDs on Etsy or at least yeah. they're listed on what they're selling. But I'm like, right. Etsy's really expanding their kind of yes. niche too because they used to be just, handmade only mainly right it's their focus now is still on money. that but on vin well money of course yes but vintage so anything pre 2000 um you can essentially list years, it yeah. and uh, i've got some cds up there i've got some vinyl not a ton not anything like what i've got on my ebay store um but yeah they're definitely moving into that category i've not sold any cds on etsy so i don't know that that's going to be a particularly strong area but yeah, I, th I thought about it, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't think I'd probably do well there. Now, if I start to see some other people have some success, like maybe I'll check back in with you and and see maybe a few months down the road if you've had any more success with it, and see maybe I'll give it a try. But it's, I, I'm not going to do Etsy or anything like that. Um, it's mainly just eBay and Macari. I'm just starting to push stuff back on Macari now. I did Bonanza, even though it's literally no work, like you've said. I just I'm like I'm like I'm just going to kind of shut it down for now and just right. I've sold two things this year. I'm like it's. Yeah. I have to remember to check it half the time because one time I missed I missed the the you know thing notification that I got the sale it was already a day late I'm like oh man yeah well and they I think they <laughs> shut down their app so the the seller yeah. app is is no more so if you miss an email from them I, you're just toast and like I said you know you've had two sales all year I get I probably average two a month sometimes like last month I had a fifty dollar hit on wow. a, a binder of um materials for funeral directors 
who knows, but wow. nobody else had one. I threw it up on eBay. I like, oh, nobody else has got it. I'll throw it up there for 50 bucks and see what happens. That stuff automatically cross posts to Bonanza and lo and behold, somebody bought it for 50 bucks that's, plus shipping. That's so crazy. right. You just never know. And that's <laughs> one of the things there. with media, what to kind of go back into that area. What, what do you think it is that a lot of sellers overlook this category or as I said earlier, some of them just think ah, nobody's buying this stuff. I think that's it. I think because there are so many streaming services out there and you can have the music at, at just touch, you know, you can go to YouTube, YouTube music and just pop in and watch a video or whatever, or just play a full album. I do that sometimes also. I mean, just because it's so easily accessible at no cost, I think they still think that there's no value in physical media, but there are a lot of old school people that still buy this stuff. I have a, I have a cousin that has a, collection bigger than mine he's got ten thousand cds right i there's there i'm a member of a ton of facebook groups that people collect physical media cds they love it they right. love the music aspect of it so what do you think the disconnect is like people recognize that there are collectors in what are what you would consider the traditional collectible like hummels or you know whatever and people are all over that they want to go and right. they you know they go to the estate sales and they look for that and they walk right by a, a tray full of CDs that has, in theory, that same level of collectability to a particular buyer. What? And I'm just spitballing. Any idea what the disconnect is? Why they people don't recognize that? I I, I think they're just maybe it's it's a old technology. It's it's something that's just kind of they they seem outdated, but not collectible like the old like '80s He-Man toys and all that stuff. Maybe. So it's, is it in that in-between phase? Because records, obviously, are, are hot and have always pretty much been, but that's old technology. Yeah, I think, yeah, and, and for the prices that records go for, you won't catch me buying new records. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, things are cyclical, obviously. You know, CDs were hot back in the you know 80s and, and 90s. And, and wiped out cassettes. Well, now cassettes are starting to make a comeback. Vinyls made a comeback. And actually, I've been seeing some stories already online that CDs are making a comeback again. So I just I was just going to say, yeah, I read one last week where the guy was, you know, when I look back now at the size, the portability, and the sound quality that I can get out of a CD, why did we ever stop buying them? <laughs> I was like, there you go. Yeah, I mean, Best Buy stopped selling them. Right. So, I mean, if you have some of the Best Buy CDs that are the Best Buy limited editions, sure. they actually do hold some good value on eBay because you can't get them anymore, Right. period. Yep. <laughs> I can remember I was a manager for Best Buy back in the late 90s. And at one time, the what was we called the center pad of the store, which was probably 20,000 square feet, was nothing but media. CDs, DVDs. Yeah. And by the end when they were getting ready to just shit can all of it, they had like four rows <laughs> of CDs, you know, maybe the top hundred titles and a few, you know, some Zeppelin and some of the classics. And that was it. And it used to be, they had imports and hard to find rows stuff, just rows. thousands of CDs. How do you get from that and like tower records and Camelot music and all those places to yeah. essentially nothing now, but, mom and pops the tower records i would go to downtown chicago my friend and i would would take the train and uh, get on town and walk about three blocks and it's 
three it was three stories tall right. in Chicago. And as soon as you got off the train, there was a coconuts right there too. And then there was a crow's nest also downtown Chicago, which it was a two story huge CD Mecca. I mean, I think it was massive. Yeah. And but it's, it's all gone. Right. It's 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 sad. Tower Records at least has made somewhat of a comeback, but they're online now only pretty much. Yeah. But it's it's sad. I used to, I I could spend days in those places just sifting through stuff, even just for my personal collection. Yeah. So you still are. I, I joked when we were in in the back room before we came on the live that I'd gone to the dark side and was on Spotify. Are you on any of the streaming services? Are you strictly a physical media guy? I am on none of the streaming services. I yeah. mean, I, I'll throw on YouTube and throw it on my TV and maybe play like some music videos or a live concert or stream a full album when I'm not putting something in the CD player. But I am I am streaming nothing. It is physical music all the way. Yeah. How about for movies? Are you do you Netflix or are you a, a DVD Blu-ray? <sighs> Mainly DVD Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I've probably got seven eight hundred DVDs. Um, mostly TV series, TV shows. Right. I'm, I'm, I love all the old sitcoms and stuff. You know, back on going back to the sixties. You know, like F Troop and right. Donna Reed show and all that stuff in the sixties and seventies and. Do you find that those do well, the, your personal collecting aside, but from a business perspective, do you do well with TV seasons versus movies versus music videos? There, there are some. Um, some of the TV seasons do hold values. I mean, there are some that are rare. In fact, I've got one I'll show. I mean, whenever you want me to show it, I can show it later on when we go over some, some stuff um, that i never heard of, and it's got John Ritter in it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not Three's company. <laughs> yep. So if you were going to give a piece of advice to someone who wanted to go out and uh, they they heard this podcast or they watch this on YouTube and say, you know what, maybe I should look into media. What would you tell them they should be on the lookout for? Or what should their process be to help them identify wins versus ones to not mess with? Well, I mean, obviously the best thing going, if you know nothing about music, e- the eBay app's going to be your best friend to start off. If You can go check sold comps. You can check current listings. Do not trust the barcode scanner all the time because I've been burned by that a few times myself. Yep. <laughs> um, I'd focus, first thing I look at, because rock music's kind of like my main genre I listen to, I look for rock music first. Um, you know, kind of a... a some more of the obscure artists, maybe like some old classical stuff that you know is going to at least sell. So if you pay a buck for it, it sells for five or six. You're at least making some money back on your return. Um, you know, you're looking for like clean, you know, Jethro Tull, Bud Zeppelin, Beatles. I mean, even though those, that that stuff's been mass produced, that stuff will still sell like hotcakes. You know, right. at least make so money off it that you can just put back into the business. Right. Do you have like a threshold below which you won't try to offer something for sale if it's less than five bucks plus shipping or whatever? Um, like when you buy, when you buy a big lot, how do you, what's, what's your throwaway pile look like? How, what, what qualifies something to get on that stack? It's not bad. Um, I mean, if I can turn a profit on anything, like you, like you said, I mean, these things are easy to list when you have the time to do it. I mean, there are a few pictures, snap, little description or whatever, and you're, you're, you're on the way. Um, I think the cheapest thing I have on eBay is probably two ninety eight. I think I probably paid a nickel for the CD. Right. So I'm like, I'm still making money, even though they're you know fourteen and a half percent fees. I think what it is plus, yeah. you know, the 30, they still do the thirty percent trans, the thirty cent yeah. transaction and all that on top of it. But 
still making money off it. Right, right. <laughs> so that's, I won't probably go any lower than that, honestly. Yeah. Um, now, I think I'm you, trying to actually get away from those a little bit too. Maybe try and go no lower than like 498, maybe 398. Do you do like lots if you get, say, two in sync CDs that individually are essentially worthless, but you could sell them maybe two for five bucks? Is that do you do that sort of strategy, or do you just not yeah. mess with them at all? I do. I'll do that too. Like if I can, buy, like if I say I like got a stack full of N6 CDs and they're all in pretty good shape, and I can get them for you know like fifty cents a piece or something, I may lot them up because you can lot that fifty cents a piece and say you five CDs, you can probably turn that into ten fifty bucks. Right. It, I mean, people people like buying just like a whole collection of artists. I've got a few I'm getting ready to throw up a bunch. I, I pulled out some Christina Aguilera. I've got five CDs of hers, and right. I'm a lot those together because they aren't worth a whole lot individually. And um, some Britney Spears and all that. I, I literally just started going through some of that today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you? Uh, what do you do to kind of promote your listings on eBay? Are you? Do you use promoted listings? Do you send offers? Do you do discounts? What's kind of your marketing strategy? And do a little bit of everything, <laughs> pretty much all at once. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I've lowered my. I used to run large sales and then take and then even take offers on that, which was kind of counteractive and kind of stupid because I really kind of cutting myself off a little bit there. Because um, I was running twenty twenty five percent sales, and I'm like, I'm like, and then and then I'd send an offer for ten percent on top of that. Plus, you know, after that, right. I'm like making forty <laughs> percent of what I actually right <laughs> off that. So, um, what I've done is, uh, I'm running smaller sale percentages. I'm running like the highest I'm running is like 11%. Yeah. And I've upped my eBay promotions a little bit. I watched your video with, with Jeff, um, eBay addicts and he's doing five and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do five. I was doing like 2.2. 2. I'm like, I figure if I, people right. are going to do two, I figure if I could just be a hair above them. Sure. Sure. That's a good thing. strategy. I like that. <laughs> But like I'm like I figured that might work, and I'm like and then I'm like okay, well watching Jeff, I'm like okay, I'll do, I'll do three. Yeah. So I've got everything flat three at this point right now. I may alter it and change it later. I did the I did the bulk edit and just did the whole thing at three percent. We'll just kind of see where it goes. I just did that a couple of days ago. Yeah. Did you get? Uh, they sent out an email today, actually, that if you do the promoted listing standard for the next month. You can get up to five hundred dollars worth of fees waived. Did you happen to get that? I don't think I saw that. I don't know if it's something that's going out to everybody or just went out to a few people. But be on the lookout for that, uh, eBay sellers. Uh, I got that at gosh, I don't know, maybe three or four o'clock this afternoon. Uh, special promotion that you can activate that from now through I think September tenth. Uh, you can get up to five hundred dollars worth of promoted listing, promoted listings standard fees essentially waived so if you're thinking about trying promoted listings uh there's not going to be a better time than now probably if you get that email so (laughs) yeah that's if you get that email it's definitely time to test it um yeah i don't think i got that though have how have clientele prior to changing your percentage how did promoted listings work for you because i've been a bit of a skeptic if you've been watching my show for long (laughs) uh it's not something i have done in the past uh this Promotion may change my attitude on that, but what was your success? What did you see when you were doing it? It's looking like I mean, promoted probably about sixty percent of my of my sales. It seems like it seems like I'm I'm selling some more stuff with a promoted listing than I am just through regular organically. So yeah, 
I, I, I'm going to. How does that make you feel? Because <laughs> I I go back and forth about. A, I would be really excited that I was selling that much stuff, and B, I would wonder how much of it I would have sold without it. And lastly, I would be like, if they can if they can expose these items to a hundred thousand people a day and through promoted listings as opposed to five thousand a day through organic, why don't they just do that? Wouldn't they just lift the whole thing if they just pushed that stuff out instead of trying to nickel and dime everybody? You you would think um, it almost kind of feels like if you saw if you if you saw it promoting it's almost like you're not doing your job. <laughs> it's like was there a keyword I could have put in that I could have sold it organically instead? Right. <laughs> Type of deal. Well, I know a lot of the like old school sellers have complained that you know there was a day where creating a SEO searchable friendly title. And having good pictures and a good description was the key to success on eBay. And that now that's not necessarily the case. It's whoever wants to throw the biggest promoted percentage on a listing, as long as it's even close to the right, you know, SEO available title, it's going to get shown in those matches and at the top of the listings because somebody paid 6% instead of five. Yeah, it's, it's honestly it's it's all about ebay just want to make more money obviously we all know that right <laughs> they're they're nickeling and diming everything and they're going to promote stuff through that way and it's that's i mean that's how i mean we're all here to make money obviously i mean that's how all the all the sites run so i mean it unfortunately you kind of have to play the game if you want to kind of compete because right. i mean there's all reselling's hot now i mean there's all kinds of i mean there's hundreds if not thousands of youtube channels of resellers yeah. that are just flocking trying to put product or put you know stuff out on youtube and then also you know have product to sell in their stores and it's 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 not you know just a few people here and there back in ebay today when you pay by check and yeah <laughs> and some money right. order or whatever and send it off it's, i had a guy reach out to me not too long ago and ask if he could send me a money order and i'm like it's 2022 are you kidding me <laughs> I said, hey, I don't think eBay will even allow you to do that anymore, except in like specific categories. Yeah. Uh, but man, and he was pretty hot when I said no. He's like, other sellers do it. And I'm like, you're, I don't know. I don't know about other sellers. I'm just, I'm just Ryan down here in my basement. I don't, I'm not going down that path. So, but I've, I've been on eBay long enough where I, I got checks and money orders from all over the country at my record store and, Waited till the check cleared to send the thing off. I mean, it was a really time-consuming process. Oh, man. I, How long did it take the person to actually get their product when they actually won the auction? Oh, man. I mean, it, you would have, whatever, two or three days before you got the check, and then two or three days to let the check clear before you shipped it, and then whatever media mail shipping took, another seven, eight days to get wherever it was going. I mean, it could be the better part of half a month or more, <laughs> where today... You know, if people don't have the the thing within three days, they're messaging you, where's my stuff? Yeah. I blame Amazon for that. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, it, that and, I mean, just technology, everybody, it's a must-have time, and it's everything's right at your fingertips these days. And, and I agree. I blame Amazon also. <laughs> yep. yep. So you mentioned uh, kind of in your intro that you have a YouTube channel, but no content on it. And you just talked about, you know, all the YouTube channels that are out there. So what, talk to me a little bit about what you think you would want to do with YouTube and what, what you think of YouTube, the reselling space. Um, well, as far as, uh, the YouTube channel goes, um, 
it's gonna be a lot of same content like everybody else has. <laughs> um, the reason why I haven't put any videos out yet is because the video editing part kind of scares me. <laughs> I'm pretty techy, but I ain't that techy. So I'm gonna actually gonna have my daughter kind of help me out with a little bit because nice. she's done a little bit more of that stuff. So I think I might be able to jump on this a little sooner. Um, the content I'm kind of looking at right now is I'm a probably I'll probably do like a, a what sold video and I'll probably have some actual live um, video of me actually going out and 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 thrifting a little bit various uh, mom and pop um, resale shops and Goodwills and Savers right. and and places like that and then I actually I'm gonna probably so I'll show off my, what I bought but I'll show off what I bought also for my personal collection too and I'm, I might I might pick a you know a, a video a week or something like that and show off parts of my personal collection too. There's a lot of people that actually like that just collect CDs. I I follow some people just to watch watch them go through their CD collection. Sometimes it's just like background sure. stuff. What, what, it's kind of kind of what I'm looking for at this looking at this point. When you go out, what what kind of stuff do you look for? What's I mean you you said you listen to all kinds of genres, but if you had a particular, is there who's a favorite? Oh, put you on it's, the spot. It's, it, it's it's metal. It's yeah. it's it's the it's the metal genre. I mean, now I mean, it, there's metal's pretty broad. Uh, you've got you know hair metal, Cinderella, and Motley Crue, I'm, and then you've got I'm like partial to hair metal. Okay, it's my favorite genre. <laughs> Eight hundred CDs back here behind me are hair metal. Yeah, of this collection. So who um, who would be some of the bands? I mean, obviously, I named a couple there, but go, go, give me something more obscure that maybe I would have missed. Uh, Babylon AD, yeah, Steelheart, yeah, uh, Trickster, yeah. Um, obviously, Dawkins pretty well known. Um, but obviously, you've got your basic ones, White Snake. Um, are there any new bands that are doing that style of music today? Because I've kind of lost touch with that part of the music scene. There are some. Um, can't think of the one off the top of my head. Probably pull it behind me if I could find it. Um, but there are a few actual bands that actually do kind of kind of go under off that hair metal genre. Plus, actually, you've still got the old bands still putting oh, out products. Yeah, LA Guns puts out like an album like every year. Yeah, and they're <laughs> all still like, out there touring, and yeah, some of them don't have even all their original members still. But God love them, oh, they're the out big there. Stadium tour right now is with uh, what Poison, Def Leppard. Lita Ford. There's one more I'm freaking. Oh, Motley Crue. That's crazy. Yeah, that's the big one going on right those are, now. Those were the bands that, when I was in high school in the 80s, were, I mean, Lita Ford was, <laughs> she was the bomb at one point. And well, here we are, like 40 years later. Yeah. And, and she's still performing. She's actually on tour right now, I think, with Warren. So. Huh. They're, they're touring together right now. Like, from what I've seen, they're touring, like, county fairs and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean. They're still, they're still out there yep. making money. Making money so. yep. yep. Well, and that's to come back full circle to the reselling. It, it's They get to go out and make a living doing something that they love. And this is an opportunity for people to do that, whether it's media or clothes or whatever, do something that they enjoy doing and making some money at it. For you, this is a, obviously a, a, a passion and kind of a side hustle. Do you have any aspirations for at some point down the road, maybe making this a full-time gig? If I if I can do it if I can do it to where it makes me enough financially to quit my regular job, I will. I actually I've kind of joked around with my employer about that too. Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the team in chat and stuff like that. And they're like they're like you can't go anywhere. You gotta stay. Right. 
Well, I had the same experience. I was selling cars at the time, which is not, you know, whatever. It's not the greatest right. profession, but the money is really good. And they're like, you're going to walk away from this to go do that. I, you're nuts. You'll be back in six months. And it's, it's almost three years now. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of, kind of put your nose to the grindstone and just go for it. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm nowhere even close to where I want to be as far as that goes to even where I'm, where I'm at. But I, I, I currently do enough to pretty much cover my mortgage every month. Nice. Nice. Just, just doing this part time. Yep. That's awesome. Did, when so. you, when you got started, did you have like a goal and I want to make enough to make my car payment or make my house payment or pay for a vacation? Did you have kind of a target in mind or did you, <sighs> I'm just going to throw some stuff out there and see what happens? Uh, that's kind of more, I, I didn't really have a target in mind. I mean, everyone, you know, shoot for the stars and all that. I just figure just be realistic and just kind of see where it goes. Um, it's, it's put me in a better financial position than I've ever been in my entire life at this point. Awesome. I'm six months ahead of my mortgage even right now. So nice. So if anything happens, I'm, I'm good to go for quite a while. That's awesome. Was there a, uh, you mentioned, you know, you, you saw the Linda Ronstadt CD that was a dollar and you could sell it for $30. Was there a particular sale that you had that was like, man, this, this is really an opportunity to make some money? Um, well, there were, I mean, recently I, I, I sold a, I paid 39 cents for a seat and sold it for a hundred bucks. Right. <laughs> so That'll get your um, attention. Yeah. That definitely catches your eye. Like, wait, really? Okay. Sweet. Um, there's, uh, the Lone Ross, that was the first one that kind of blew my mind. Cause I think I sold that thing right away within like two days. Yeah. Um, what's your, what do you think your best sale ever so far? We'll put it that way. So far, it's it is the hundred dollar CD. I yeah. want to say it was My Chemical Romance. Yeah, it was a it was a two disc version of one of their albums. I honestly don't remember the name of the album, and it went for ungodly amounts. And I actually bought it in a bulk buy on eBay. Yep. So it was one of like hundred CDs in the box for like thirty bucks or whatever. <laughs> have you done that pretty regularly? Do you have good success? Um. Yeah, I do. I do occasionally. Um. I actually uh, not that long ago got a. A Santana, one of the original Master CDs with the 24 karat gold plated, that was like 25 cents and one of the lots, and I sold that for 40. So right, um, the eBay, the eBay, the thing is the eBay bulk buys. I've been doing them a little bit more one because now they're cheaper than my Goodwill store, right? <laughs> as far as cost per item, and but condition is sometimes just right horrid. I have yep. a cleaner that can clean out some of the stuff, but it's not the top of the line cleaner, so. It sometimes some of the stuff doesn't quite make the cut. I end up having to write it, get rid of it. Right. So. Have you to flip it around on the other side as a buyer? Have you had a particularly bad experience with getting a, an individual CD that you bought for yourself that was not the quality that you would have expected? Not something you would have shipped out. It's happened a few times, and actually, it literally just happened yesterday. <laughs> So this is actually a gift for my father. His birthday is coming up this Saturday, and uh, it's a it's a seller. Obviously, I'm not going to name names. The seller has over twenty thousand items in their eBay store, and it's all media. Um, and the package is kind of distraught. It's like flat. But there's you know some bubble mailers that have a little more right, right, a little more oomph to it, but. It's it's really damaged. This corner here is where it was damaged. That really bad. I heard this say there's like a tear. 
it came like that. And I felt the package. I pulled it out of the mailbox. I'm like, I know the case is cracked. Yeah. <laughs> it's a given. The post office doesn't take care of the packages no. like they used to. Um, they don't no, even them. you walk in and my guy like takes my Ikea bag and he just dumps them into a tub sometimes. I'm like, oh, God, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so frustrating. And so here's the case. Yeah. As you can see, the damage there. I mean, totally busted, detached. I messaged the seller. Um, they responded today. They they offered to for me to return it. I'm like, it's a gift. The artwork, the CD survived surprisingly. Sure. The CD doesn't have a scratch on it, so I'm like, I'm not that concerned. The artwork's not torn. It's a little dented. It was a five dollar CD with free shipping. So I don't know how the sellers are even making anything. Right. <laughs> yep. Really, with free shipping on top of it. So I wasn't that concerned to return. I didn't want to go through the hassle for a five dollar CD with the sh- on top of the shipping. So I'm, I put it in a new case, clean it up a little bit. It'll be fine for my dad. He's more he wants he wants the music anyway. Yeah. So it's 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 just frustrating because I actually take a little more care in how I ship stuff. And if you look at my comments in my store, I go above and beyond more than most people probably. Most people just throw it in a bubble mailer, put put a label on it, and send it on its way. I actually individually bubble wrap every CD and then put it in a bubble mailer on top yeah. of it. Give it that extra cushion. Now, if it's a more expensive CD, say twenty thirty hours and up. I'm putting it in bubble wrap and putting cardboard around it, and then it's going in a bubble mailer. Yeah, just to give it that extra protection, right? Because I, because I, I've, I've been on the other end of it too, where you're just sometimes it's a rare CD or something, and if that was a hundred dollar CD, I'd be livid. Absolutely, it being it being shipped that way. So I, I try to ship my stuff out how I would want to receive it as a buyer. Right. Yeah. Generally, for my part, on the higher price stuff, you get up fifty, sixty, a hundred bucks or more on a CD. I'm actually sending it out in a box. I'm not yeah. messing around with a bubble mailer. You know, $5 CD, you know, whatever. I'll take my chances. And for the most part, knock wood, even as brutal as USPS can be with stuff, I maybe get five or six messages a year where an item has arrived with a cracked case. So if you're buying decent bubble mailers and, you know, trying to take care of stuff, it shouldn't be a big problem. But obviously, not everybody takes as much care. Yeah, I have one or two a year, even still. Yeah, yep. <laughs> even still, with all that, I get I get one or two a year, and it, I mean, I mean, it is what it is at that point. What do you normally do? So uh, let's reverse the roles. I'm the buyer, and I just got that CD from you, and I message you, and I'm like, hey, here's a picture of the CD. The case is destroyed. Right. What what can you do for me? What would you do? Um, there's been some times where the buyer and mentioned the case and everything else is fine, so I'll give a dollar back, whatever, have them go buy a new jewel case to replace it um i've had i've I, sometimes i've just refunded the buyer fully usually it's it hasn't been anything expensive right it, it, it costs more for me to pay the shipping back than for right them just to it. well and that's so why well, lose money both ways yeah like you just said on that one a five dollar cd with free shipping and they ask you to return it which is going to cost them another three dollars and 49 cents or whatever to get it i mean they will have spent seven dollars shipping a thing back and forth that they only made five dollars gross <laughs> i mean yeah exactly i mean maybe a buck and a quarter after fees and everything right that's just wild so, yeah if it's something like that which that honestly usually it's been the case so far i'll just i'll just say keep the cda set i said apologize whatever and, yeah. and and just refund them instantly and just move on yep it's as they say it's the cost of doing business absolutely yep you're that's gonna write off anyway though i mean you're i mean you're still got to write off right off the end of the year anyway so yeah 
Yep. And it is, uh, you know, damage and returns and people yep. get something that just isn't what they thought it was. I mean, it just, it goes with the territory. Um, I, I see, obviously, you're probably on some of the message boards too, and you see people talk about, oh, the returns. By, <laughs> it ha- Walk into any store anywhere in the country and they have a whole desk set up just for returns. That's how common they are. <laughs> and the, the notion that we as resellers are somehow going to be immune from that just blows my mind, but it seems to be well, a thing. And the, the funny thing is, I think it's kind of funny how these sellers, when an eBay seller gets a return, they rant and rave and think it's a scammer every single time. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case. No, <laughs> I, it's, I have done, over 13,000 sales, according to what eBay shows on the screen. And I, again, knock wood, I don't think I have ever had a scammer. I've never had anybody that reached out to me with something that seemed so far out of the realm of possibility I had that one. I felt like, what? Do tell. I had, I had one scammer. It was on a Morris Day in the Time CD. I can actually remember this. It happened a few months ago. Um, and it was actually one of the... Um, here, I'm going to show, show you the type of CD it was. Because I know you're probably familiar with these also. It's one of the Target CDs. Yeah. The good old right. original releases, usually yep. made in Japan or West Germany. It was one of those. So it actually held a little value. Yep. Um, he, he actually literally came off and flat out said that I didn't ship the booklet. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, it's in the case. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, I know for a fact I ship you the booklet. And and the and I, I, I shouldn't have done it. I, I I went back and forth with them a little bit and I'm like, I already know for a fact eBay's gonna sign with the buyer. Yeah. I'm like, why get myself even worked up even more over this? I can I can fight it tooth and nail for a twenty dollar CD. But is it really is it really worth it at that point in the big picture of things? Because it's I, I know how I know how eBay runs, and I've seen a, I've, I'm a message of, of the eBay you know buyer Facebook groups also that say don't look at this buyer or this buyer or that buyer just to kind yeah. of watch something that's just entertaining, right? <laughs> More than anything, and uh, I it's. I'm just like it's not worth it's not worth the battle. It's not worth right. going through the hassle over a twenty dollars CD. I already know if we go through the case and all that stuff, eBay's gonna side with them. And plus, if it isn't, it, wasn't that that fee thing also gets involved too? eBay charges you a twenty dollars fee or something for payment dispute or, or for dispute it, also on top of it. If if it ends up being a chargeback through the credit card company, yes. If it's just uh, through that's eBay, right. that's not there. But yeah, but that's so, that's the thing. If eBay doesn't okay it they can just go then to that next level and turn it into their bank and then and then you're out another 20 on top of it. right <laughs> so really you're out 40 then but so i refunded them i paid a dollar for the cd so it's not like i was really out of fortune buying right. the thing anyway in the first place and i just i just moved on but it, 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 not every buyer is a scammer right so you don't need to assume that and if that's one of the things why you won't sell any bait get over it i mean you can there's there's honest buyers out there. There's thousands and millions, really millions, millions of honest sellers, yep. millions of honest buyers. There's just a few bad apples that. Yep. And that you're always going to have that in in retail. You've got 
shoplifters. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's part of the game and you can't, you can't just run your business based on the idea that everybody is that guy. <laughs> yeah. I worked at Sears, Sears years ago. I mean, yeah. Shoplifters all the time. It's crazy. Yep. It's uh, part of the cost of doing business. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, big retailers. I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about that previously. Big retail companies actually have a line on their budget for shrink, for loss and theft and damage. And yep. it's just, they just plan that in their budget. And we as small business people really should be doing the same thing, but we don't, most of us. And no, ours just kind of more or less comes along on the back end of tax time. Right, right. <laughs> So we're bumping up on an hour here. I like to keep these at about that amount. So is there anything else while I've got you here that you would like to talk about with, with media or YouTube or life in general? Um, I've got a couple of examples real quick that I can show you guys of, of what actually is really worth um, money and what's not, which is kind of kind of funny. I've kind of across. And you can find these in the wild. Um, like I said, the Target CDs. They, they're shaped like a target. They don't have like the word target. It's not the target store or anything. Um, it's kind of hard to see. But they'll say West Germany at the bottom. Right. Or uh, or made in Japan. Um, they are U.S. releases. They were made um, by those companies prior to the U.S. actually getting the plants to actually make the CDs back in the early 80s. Um, here's a fun one. I have the same exact... CD, Oasis, popular CD, What's the Story of Morning Glory. Also have it on cassette. The cassette is worth way more than the CD. Is it really? Yes. How much Seriously. more? Cassette, minimum price. I looked at it today on eBay. Um, cheapest price, free shipping is like $18. Yeah. The CD is not even worth a buck. Right, right, right. Uh, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Now, um, what will you do with that CD? I will probably try and lie with similar artists. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I paid much for it. I think it was a lot. It was a lot. I got like, like 50 cents. Um, another thing you look for that you can actually find out in the wild are autograph CDs. I actually came across one I had to my collection of Charlie Daniels. It was signed by him. Nice. I found it in my Goodwill for a dollar. That one got added to my collection. Um. There's one from a pretty known blues artist, Joe Bonamassa. Yep. That's signed. Um, and then you've got, and I can prove to you that CDs are, are worth some money. Um, this is a promo CD I got with a, another CD. So it came, the artist is Butch Walker. I don't know if you've ever heard yep. of him. Yep. He's, he's very talented. He was um, with an 80s hair metal band originally called uh, South Gang which they are they were really good back then. And then he's also been a producer and writer. He's written some stuff for Ava Levine and stuff over the years. And um, this promo CD, you probably won't find anywhere, but I, just to prove a point, this CD has sold for $300 on Discogs. Yep. Because it's a rare promo. So, as you, I mean, you can look for CDs in all shapes and sizes and all different types, promos, record label, really, you know, promos and all that. They hold value also. And regular record label promos that have the promo stamp on them, those can hold some value also, too, depending on the artist and the release. Right, because sometimes, like we talked about with the soundtracks, those promotional singles will have, like, a B-cut or a bonus track that is not on 
the related album. It's a totally different track and it's not released commercially. It's only on that promo that went to record station or record stores, radio stations, that sort of thing. And you can find those things out there. People got them uh, and they typically can be worth pretty good money. Yeah. And then alluding to um, the DVDs, I mentioned, I mentioned to you earlier about uh, John Ritter, a TV, a, a TV show. Ever hear this one? I have not. It's like a drama comedy. I mean, it's literally. I swear to God, that girl looks like Rue McClanahan from, <laughs> from Golden Girls. Yeah. That's still. Um, this, I don't know, when did this come out? 87, 88 is when this was on TV, I guess. Huh. I've never heard of it. Nope. I knew him. Right. And so I'm at a local thrift shop and I scanned. I paid I paid two dollars and fifty cents for it. Um there's literally only a one or two listed on eBay. I've got I'm probably a little high, but I'll take an offer. I've got listed for basically hundred bucks. It's like ninety nine ninety eight. Right. So there's just again some obscure title. That's it goes for DVDs too. Um I do sell some VHS even also. So, I mean, VHS, obviously, the main ones to look for are the old B-horror movies and uh, the pro wrestling VHS tapes, obviously, hold a lot of value also as a collectors. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you showing us those and uh, appreciate you taking some time out from a very busy schedule to share some of your thoughts on media sales with everybody here. if you are watching on YouTube and you got something out of this, hey, do me a favor and smack that thumbs up button. If you're not a subscriber or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that as well. I would love to have you on board. Next week, I will be talking with uh, Kelly Reseller Luis. We'll be talking about live auctions. He does, I think he's doing some whatnot auctions now, but he has been doing YouTube live auctions for a long, long time. So if you're a reseller that's thinking about going down that path, uh, definitely check that out. That will be up probably next Thursday or Friday. So again, uh, thank you for coming out and spending some time. Uh, those of you who have watched or listened, as always, I appreciate it. And now... I appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.